This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All righty, everybody. Welcome to the Barca Bloodgrounds podcast. My name is Josh. I am joined by our old pal, our deputy editor, the man, the myth, the legend, Renato. How are we doing, brother? What's up? Good to talk to you again, Josh. And uh, we we were talking beforehand, but we picked a, a heck of a week to do this. Um, it's been a minute since you've been on the podcast, and we picked the week where the former president was arrested. Barcelona made a wonderful Copa del Rey comeback, and we are, I think, seven days out from a pretty consequential match against PSG. Uh, so we're going to talk about all of that today. But first, I want to start off on a positive note. Uh, Barcelona 3, Sevilla 0. Uh, they make the lovely second leg comeback. I watched the final 15 minutes again this morning just to, um, just to, just to bask in it again because these moments haven't come that often this season. Uh, the last second goal, of course, is send it to extra time where they won on our, on our old pal. And I always reference this whenever I talk about him. Uh, Martin Braithwaite. The guy that we, uh, that you and I chatted about, made fun of when he first came on last year, and then you quickly turned and were emphasizing how important he was. I eventually got there, and he uh, he made the the winning goal in extra time. What were your uh, just kind of emotions watching that last fifteen minutes of uh, the, the the normal time, and then heading into extra time? Kind of what was the roller coaster like? I'm sure you were devastated because it looked like they were going to lose, and then all of a sudden it flipped. It's funny because um, after they after Ter Stegen saved the penalty, um, I was like, "We're gonna score." I just knew it. Like something told me we're gonna make this two 0 and go into extra time. I just knew it. I'm, it's gonna happen. I, I don't mind. I don't care how long. It's, it's gonna happen. And then when there was that free kick where Fernando got the red card, I was like, "Oh, it's gonna be a messy free kick. That's cool." Uh, but it wasn't. It was it was a corner. And then from the corner. Um, just a magical PK moment. Um, that celebration when he was screaming at the cameras—it's gonna be—it's a legendary picture now. It's gonna be for for. But I, I was 
insanely confident after Thursday Stadium saved that penalty. I was like, that's the, because the second half wasn't good at all from us. Um, we kind of ran out of energy, um, I thought, because the first half was so intense. It reminded me a lot of that PSG comeback in 2017, where we expended so much energy in the first half. And then the second half, they just didn't have the energy anymore until something happened. And that PSG was the Neymar free kick that made it 4-1. That was the moment that kind of turned that match around. And in this one, it was the third taking penalty. When he saved it, I was like, it's happening. Um, and obviously, he had to wait to the very last kick of the game. Uh, but And then in extra time, I just knew, it. Hey, hey, it's 30 minutes. They have 10 men. They're not going to hang on. They're not going to find a way to take this into penalties. Um, I was kind of nervous, though, to score too early. I thought, like, it it took five minutes, I think, for Braithwaite to score. And then Sevilla started coming forward, and they looked dangerous. And I was like, uh. So the last 10 minutes, I think, when Piquet got injured, um, I was nervous. But eventually got over the line. So very, very happy. But also, I was more nervous about extra time than the final 15 minutes that you, that you referenced because I was so confident. And the, I think the crazy thing from a from a Sevilla side is the play where Fernando got the second yellow card. I mean, like, Barcelona were certainly, like, they had a good chance to score there. It's just, and I, again, it's in the moment. He's thinking, you know, what I, I don't even know if maybe he doesn't realize he forgets he has a yellow, but how consequential that moment was for Sevilla because Barcelona, like, for the fact that they scored three goals – like their effectiveness inside the box is still lacking, right? Like without that, um, without that clinical finisher, and like Braithwaite's played great, Griezmann has his moments here and there, but without that clinical Luis Suarez-esque finisher in the box, Barcelona still haven't looked. They still, you know, twenty-two shots, eight shots on target. Um, like their their effectiveness inside the box isn't great. So in that moment, right, like hindsight's twenty-twenty. That second yellow for Sevilla was so consequential because even though it looked like they were out of gas. Like, you never know what that looks like if they're not down a man. Absolutely. And, like, it's crazy how these cup games come to these little details, like Fernando, or even the goal. The goal comes from a Sevilla player not giving away a corner. Like, if you remember, Messi takes a corner, the ball bounces. It's going out of play. And then the Sevilla, the Sevilla player has it off the line. It's literally on the line. It's almost going out. He has it away. The ball comes to Griezmann and he crosses to PK. If he just lets that go for a corner, there's a good chance nothing happens from the other corner because corners are so random. So it's crazy how it comes to these little details. And you're absolutely right. Once they're down to 10 men, um, it just became impossible for them because they're all tired and uh, have to defend Barca, who really were obviously really intense and confident from that goal. The momentum was all with them. So uh, it's crazy how these little moments um, that it's almost like an NFL game, like the bounce of the ball on a fumble that bounces the wrong way goes to the other team instead of you. And it, it was kind of the same thing. So crazy stuff. Yeah. And so that is obviously the semifinal win. They will face Levante or Bilbao in the final. They play their second leg today. And I think it's tied 1-1 right now. God, I hope Levante wins. I don't want to face Athletic Bilbao again. I hate them. I was going to say, so I, I don't have I'm the previous... Done, I'm done with them this season. Absolutely done. So I don't it, want it feels to see like them Barcelona again. always play Bilbao in the Copa del Rey final. Am I tripping Absolute, on this? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, no, it's not It's not crazy. You're not talking crazy at all there. Um, and, and, but also, like, 
you, you can see, you can talk to any Barca fan, certainly if you go to the Barcelona's comment section, there is not one Barcelona fan who likes Athletic Bilbao right now. And we always have, like historically, these are two clubs who like each other because they all hate Madrid. Um, but this season, after Marcelino came in as the coach, um, they became ju just this brutal team. They kicked the living hell out of Barcelona in all three games. And all the three games happened in less than a month. So it was early January, and then um, the, Super Copa, the Super Copa final, the Spanish Super Cup, that Bilbao won in extra time. And then the La Liga game at Camp No, all in less than a month or a little more than a month. And all three games were brutal. And they really kicked the living hell out of Barca. So I don't, I just don't want to see them again. And because Marcelino beat us in the Copa del Rey final with Valencia a couple of years ago, I just think it's a good idea to avoid them. Even though Levante is a really good team and if they get to the final, it's not going to be easy. But I'd just rather not see Bilbao. So the last, I'm just going to read the last few head-to-head -head matches against Bilbao. So Barcelona 2, Bilbao 1 in La Liga. That was in January. In the Super Cup, Bilbao won 3-2. The match before that, 3-2 Barca. Match before that, 1-0 Barca. Two matches before that were both 1-0 Bilbao, two in a row. Match before that, 0-0. So like the last time that there was a match in between these two that was won by more than two goals was 2018. Barcelona two, Bilbao nil. So, for the last two years in their previous, like I guess, what is that, eight or nine matches, they've been decided by one goal or in some cases even a tie. So, like you said, I think from a uh, from just to give us some sort of silverware this season, you would hope it's Levante, but uh, you know, never count them out either. So, now to uh, now to move on to something that's a little uh, well, clearly more serious. Uh, so our former president was arrested earlier this week. Uh, he was released on Tuesday while the investigation is undergoing. Um, why don't you just give the people kind of a summary, just recap, 10,000-foot view of what happened? Yeah, so uh, uh, the lovely Josep Maria Bartomeu, uh, the greatest president in Barcelona history, um, he was arrested on Monday um, after the Catalan police completed their investigation into Barcagate. Barcagate happened last year. Everybody is well aware of that, where Bartomeu allegedly hired a, a social media company called i3 Ventures uh, to basically slander um, current players, former players, um, his political adversaries on social media. Um, he paid an insane amount of money for them to do that. And um, obviously he denied it. They sued the paper that reported the story, but then the Catalan police decided to investigate by themselves. Um, and they found in their investigation that allegedly he used that company not only to um, achieve that, that sort of slander of the, the fan, of the players and adversaries and whatever, but also to for money laundering, he used that company for that too. So he were, he him and other members of his his board were arrested, um, and uh, it's not a fun situation. Um, as as much as we all dislike Bartomeu, um, obviously I was kidding um, when I said he's the greatest president in Barcelona history. Uh, as as much as we all dislike him and as bad a job as it did, he was still the president of Barcelona. And the fact that he's the second Barcelona president out of the last three to go to jail 
uh, actually the second in a row because Sandro Rossell was the former one and he went to jail too. So um, the last two Barcelona presidents going to jail um, doesn't look good for the club. Uh, let's just say that. So, and like Pep Guardiola said in his comments, right? Innocent until proven guilty, 100%. Uh, this was like, I guess I knew... I knew the severity of that. Like, I remember when you and I talked about the Barca gate stuff on the podcast last year, it was very like, you know, we were kind of hedging everything. We had to be very careful of what we said. Um, and then I think shortly after that, there was an anonymous former board member who said that someone was money laundering. Um, and that was just kind of something like, for me, out of left field, I was like, okay, this just seems like someone who's maybe a little bit bitter. Uh, maybe there was some sketch, like this is, you know, high high European football club, right? I'm sure there's some sketchy money stuff going on at all these places. Like, what's the difference? And now it's like, wow. Uh, so this wasn't just like a little, like maybe misplaced a few dollars here and there. Uh, this was something much more serious than that. And, you know, again, innocent until proven guilty, like Pep Guardiola said in his comments. Either way, this is unbelievably concerning. It's another smear on the reputation of Barcelona for for all the good that they are on the pitch, like you mentioned, it does not look does not look nice when your president, your former president goes to jail and you have a previous history of that happening. This is a cultural thing. This is something that has to change. And you say has to change at the top, right? Like when it's the person at the top doing it. Um, but but it, it, it does seem like it's a cultural thing around how business is conducted at this club. And, uh, you know, we have a new presidential election coming up soon. And you would hope that things change, but it's again, it's until it actually happens, like until we can go through a presidential cycle and not have the guy get arrested afterwards. It's like, what can we really say has changed? Uh, you know, the nice doesn't seem to be too much to ask, is it? But thankfully, we have an election on Sunday. Um, um, the favorite is Juan Laporta, who was obviously really the guy who changed Barcelona, like until 2003, Barcelona was very much this local club that people who were involved with pretty much to defend the honor of the, the region they're on. Barcelona was the symbol of Catalonia, but not much more than that. They had some success because of Johan Cruyff, but it was really the club that represented the city. Joan Laporta made it at football club Barcelona. He made it the thing that it is today. And he's the favorite to win. And uh, his platform is basically, I did it for seven years. Uh, we, I, we won three Champions Leagues with me. How about you let me do this again? And I'll probably get us back to success. And I'll probably not go to jail because I didn't go to jail when I was president. And there is nothing you could ever say bad about me. So just trust me that I'll do it again. And apparently all the, all the socios, the club members who have a right to vote, uh, agree with him. Um, um, so let's just hope that if Joan Laporta does win, that he doesn't go to jail after and we maybe um, win a Champions League and rebuild the team the way that he did it in 2003. Because things were as crazy as it is to believe now in 2021, 2020, the way Barcelona went in 2020, they were 10 times worse in 2003 when he took over. And look what he did. So they didn't have the young players that they have, that they have now. They didn't have the global reach and the financial ability to make money that they had now, which is really important considering the the clubs the financial situation that the club is in. So 
yeah, the hope is that the election on Sunday uh, signals the start of something good for the club again. But that this is Barcelona. Like for younger fans, this is your club. This is a club that goes through peaks and valleys all the time. And all, all, all they need is a guy who knows what he's doing because the ability to produce talent at the club is insane. And if you look at Ansofati and, and Pedri and Ricky Puch and all of the amazing young kids that we have, you put a guy who knows what he's doing there and brings stability, we're going to soar again. I know that. So uh, hopefully, I'm, I'm actually hopeful. I'm very skeptical about Barcelona because Bartomeu was the president, so nothing good ever made me excited. But now that he's legitimately out of the picture, um, ho I'm, I'm hopeful for a better future. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. So let's talk about the PSG match. Uh... They are down 4-1 on aggregates. Uh, PSG have the four away goals, so Barcelona would need to win 5-0 or 6-1. Um, how are you... Uh, do you are, are you even allowing the possibility to get in your mind, or are you just... Have you already checked this off? Like, this is this is, this is happening, and uh, that's it. No, to me, that's a graceful... It's about a graceful exit. It's about uh, leaving with honor. Neymar is probably going to play, so... And Gerard Piquet is not, so... The uh, the Barcelona defenses, yeah. I would I would never say it returned, but it was you know it was looking a little bit better, and now we're back in injury shambles land. It was so. amazing. It was amazing the two games against Sevilla. Like the defense was legit great in the two games against Sevilla, um, and because of PK and the new formation uh, too. Hopefully, Ronald Araujo will return, so he's gonna play in PK's place if it does return for PSG. And he's obviously really good. He's been about one of our best players this season. I'm a little worried about his injury record now. Um, I wasn't too much, but he seems to get hurt all the time now. And that's a concern, especially if he's the guy we're counting on for our future. But for that match specifically, I do think uh, with him and Minguesa, if he does play, and Langley, even though Langley is Langley, you never know what's going to happen. Um, but um, I think that's a that's a solid enough defense to maybe hope to contain uh, Mbappe and Neymar. Um, but to me, I don't even, I don't, I'm not even hoping for a win um, necessarily. I think if we, I honestly think this, if we lose 2-0, but put on a really great shift and fight for 90 minutes um, and don't get embarrassed again, I'll be, I'll be happy um, because I know this is where we are in Europe. Like that's the difference between Barcelona and PSG is what you saw. With, was that that's the difference that's the top and that's where we are um, it's that that big of a gap so if you can uh, finish the Champions League this season in a way that's not 8-2 to Bayern Munich and it's not 4-1 to PSG and it's not 4-0 to Liverpool and it's not 3-0 to Roma if you just leave with honor and dignity and fight and then you have a new president and then you have these really good young players and you have Ronald Koeman, who I, by the way, am starting to believe in. 
I don't think we talked about him. I don't think I was, I've been in the podcast since he was on. And I hated him in the beginning, but I'm starting to really believe in Ronald Koeman. Um, I think something good could happen, but it, to me, it has to be a graceful exit. If we're getting embarrassed again, another horrible defeat in Europe, um, it's just gonna, it's just gonna be too much, I think. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I want to kind of get a, your perspective on Barcelona's future in a second. So the La Liga chances. So right now, Barcelona are down by five points. Atleti have a match in hand. Uh, on a scale of like one to ten, how are you feeling about Barcelona's chances of making a La Liga comeback? Um, so this is going up um, before the Madrid derby, which is this weekend. So it all depends on the Madrid derby, really. If you if Real Madrid win, I think it's better if Real Madrid win because we can face Real Madrid still, and then we face Atletico Madrid. If Atletico win, it's their like. It's, the, that it's not even um, it's not even a, a possibility that they lose. But if Real Madrid win, because we get to face the two teams again, and we already knocked off Sevilla of the title race because we beat them, uh, if Real Madrid win, I think my my confidence level will be at a six. But for for now, it's like four or five. Um, but um, I, I as crazy as that sounds, Barcelona fans would have to root for Real Madrid on on this weekend if they want to win the title. Yeah. Um, okay. And then kind of my last point I wanted to hit with you. Uh, we haven't chatted since, uh, well, I, th- I think we may have chatted when Messi first requested uh, to leave last year, but how are you feeling about the chances of Messi leaving versus Messi staying this summer? Oh, man, I'm so conflicted over this. Part of me, part of me says stay, um, retire Barcelona. Uh, because you're Lionel Messi, the greatest player in the history of this club. And I, I don't want it to be like Xavi and Iniesta who left for one more adventure. Um, I want it to be like Carlos Puyol, who just refused to go anywhere. And uh, I think the chances of Messi's team are really good with Juan Laporta, actually, because the two have such an amazing relationship. Um, but part of me just says... Go to MLS, have fun there, and give us a chance to rebuild here. Just don't go to Manchester City or PSG because then you have the, the chance to face us. But I think we're not going to rebuild, which we badly need right now, unless he leaves. As long as he's there, they're going to try to win. Um, there's nothing there. There's no incentive to not try to win as long as he's there because he's always going to give you a chance. But I do think we need a deep um, American sports style rebuild where we're bad or mediocre for a couple of years while we develop our talents and, you know, get the, the financial situation back on track and so we can sign really great players two or three years from now. But he needs to leave for that to happen um, because he's not going to stick around to be mediocre for two years in his final two years of his career, right? He's going to want to compete. Yeah, there's no chance he goes to MLS this summer. Like, I, I would like to see that. It, like, I guess when you compare him to like the Xavi and Iniesta, like they were at different stages of their career when they left at that point. Like Messi can still be a key contributor on like a, a top European team. So I don't think there's any way he goes to MLS this year. I think, and I talked about this last week. Like, if you look at the football situation, right? If you're Messi, it's literally going to be a situation of heartstrings versus 
like wanting to win because if you want to win, like you go to PSG and if your heartstrings pull you, you stay at Barcelona. I think it's as simple as that. And I think we're going to see what type of not person because it's not a character thing, but I guess like what Messi wants in his life with that decision, because if it's a football decision, you're going to PSG. And if it's a, I want to be a Barcelona player for life, like a Carlos Puyol, like you mentioned, it's you stay at Barcelona and you, you (laughs) hope they rebuild, even though like, I, uh, Jill sent me something this morning. Like I wrote up the, the Times report about uh, if Juan Laporte wins, like he's apparently interested in signing Sergio Aguero, and it's like, like I, I, I get it. You know, he's a fellow Argentine, but it's going to be those types of signings that continue if Messi's still at Barcelona, where it's like you're not looking for the future. You're looking for like what money can we throw at this season? And yeah. I'm with you. Like that, that's tough because. You don't want to say, like, I want Messi to leave because, of course, you wouldn't want Messi to leave. Like, you have a chance to win if he's here. But I am interested to see what a Messi-less Barcelona looks like. Yeah, it's... it's it's And, like, um, it, it, you made a great point there. Um, Joan Laporta is going to keep Messi because he's going to sign the players that Messi would be comfortable with. That's the only way to get him to stay is to appeal to his heartstrings, like you said, but also to sign a Sergio Aguero for him or and then help Di Maria or something. Um, just someone he's comfortable with. And I think Sergio Aguero would be the closest thing to Luis Suarez in terms of a friendship and actually a position the Barcelona need. Barcelona need that striker. Um, but Sergio Aguero has been injured this entire season. Um, and then he's, he's going, if he comes to Barcelona, which is a club that's really not dealt with injuries very well, for the last couple of years. Can you imagine Sergio Aguero playing 20 games next year? I don't. So that that that's the part that, that hits me. Like, do we really want to go through another year of making Messi-centric signings just to see if we can win this one more time with him or just hit the reset button, which we badly need? Um, I, I just wanted to make one point that I disagree with you a little bit. Uh, you talked about the the you don't think he, he's going to MLS. I think he loves Barcelona too much. And because of that, there's a chance he goes to MLS. And I tell you why he loves Barcelona too much. Watch Messi this season. He doesn't want to be there. Look how hard he's playing. Did you see the celebration after PK scored that goal? That's a guy who that's a guy who loves the club too much. Like, why does Messi he he doesn't want to be a Barcelona? It's a Copa del Rey match. Like, it's not even the Champions League semifinal that Gerard Piquet just sent to extra time. It's a Copa del Rey semifinal. Look how much he's celebrating. Why? He loves that club too much. So if he doesn't want to stay, no matter what Juan Laporta says, I say he goes to Inter-Miami or he goes to New York City FC or whatever the club is, Los Angeles Galaxy. I don't know. So you think he's ready to give up on winning Champions Leagues? Like, that's how painful it is? Do you think Lionel Messi needs to win another Champions League to cement his legacy? No, d- definitely not a legacy thing. But I'm saying, like, from a, like when he looks in the mirror in the mornings, he knows he's still one of the best players in the world. Like, and it, it, I guess it's just so hard for me to imagine him not being in the Champions League next year. Does he though? Like, that's the thing. I think Lionel. I think Lionel Messi is smart enough to realize that. And I, I hate to say this myself, but it's something that I've been thinking about for a long time. Messi's been exposed, like, in, in these truly huge games. He's been kind of exposed. Like, the Bayern Munich loss, even though it wasn't about Messi, 
you could see that Messi had nothing in him to bring Barcelona back in that game. Like P- the PSG game, he scored a penalty. What else did he do? So like, I'm not, I'm not trying to say Lionel Messi's finished. Not at all. Watch the game last night. You'll see he's not finished. But my point is, when it comes to the truly high-level games, if he doesn't have a truly great team around him, he's not going to affect it the same way. Just like Cristiano Ronaldo, they're old now. If they don't have a great team around them, it's not going to happen. Um, but I think he loves Barcelona too much to go to another team that's stronger than Barcelona just to win the Champions League. I think for him, that cheapens his legacy as a Barcelona player, which it's the same thing Xavi did. When Xavi left Barcelona, he could go to Manchester City or another team at that time to win the Champions League. He was still good enough, but he didn't want to face Barcelona in the Champions League. He said that. I don't want to leave and have to face my team, so I'm not going to Europe. So he went to Qatar. I think Messi's. I think eventually Messi's going to do the same thing. He's going to say, "I just can't see myself coming here with the PSG shirt or the Man City shirt. I'd rather come here um, with the LA Galaxy shirt or the Inter Miami shirt for a friendly um, when they celebrate me. That's the only way I can see myself here, not wearing the Barcelona shirt." That's a good point. Um, that's a really good point, actually. And I, I it's going to be so fascinating to see what actually happens because. I wouldn't, I guess now that you frame it like that, I, I wouldn't be shocked if he left for somewhere like MLS, like in a year or two, I, I would be legitimately shocked if he signed with MLS this summer versus like maybe, maybe a one year with Barcelona, because I think the only scenario where he stays at Barcelona and they are competing for a champions league title is if they were able to bring in like Erling Holland or some crazy, like young talent like that, but they just don't have the money for that. And so, yes, they're they're stuck because they're going to be forced to sign players like Sergio Aguero on a free, uh, and that's just not good enough to compete in the Champions League. So, no. Um, and and yeah. another and another point. You know what's something even more shocking that I actually also see happening this summer? He just goes to Argentina, and he plays. He said that he wants to finish his career at New Old Boys, his boyhood club. I actually see that happening this summer too, like. I, I actually, I'm not ruling it out because you never know, but I think the least likely possibility is that he goes to Man City or PSG. Really? That's the least likely thing to me. To me, it's staying at Barcelona is number one, MLS number two, Argentina three, and Man City or PSG is the last thing in his mind that he wants to do. Unless he's really, really desperate to win the Champions League, which I just don't think he is. He's a four-time Champions League winner is the second highest goal scoring chip is like history. He's he's done enough for that competition. I think I think all he wants to do is not be humiliated anymore. And I think that's why next week is so important. I think for him too. If he feels like, hey, we left here, we are out, but hey, we fought. We gave a good account of ourselves. You know what? I'm gonna stick around one more season. Or you know what? We weren't humiliated. I think that's a good way for me to leave. Yes, people are still going to remember Bayern and they're still going to remember Liverpool. But for me, the way we just competed here against Neymar and Mbappe, it's really good. I, I like this. I think I'm good enough with this. So that's how I see it. And I hope I'm wrong. So, so last summer when this stuff first kind of bubbled up, do you think the emotions were so high and that he was so frustrated and angry that that would have that was the window for him to go to a city or a PSG, and now that window is shut because maybe maybe the emotions have calmed down a little bit. Oh, absolutely! I think he was humiliated by losing to Bayern, and he wanted out. 
Um, and then that's the only good thing, not the only good thing because Barcelona won the Champions League with Bartomeu, but the last good thing he did was say to Messi, no, you're not going unless they pay 700 million. You accepted that release clause when we, you signed a new contract. You are not leaving unless someone pays 700 million. And then because, again, my point, Messi loves the club too damn much, he wasn't going to try to fight it in court to leave Barcelona in an ugly way. He doesn't want to leave Barcelona in an ugly way. And I think in his mind, going to PSG or Man City is leaving Barcelona in an ugly way. So that's why I don't think he's going to do it. There you go. Well, we've we've heard from the man. Uh, I'm glad I got your thoughts on all of these, these key topics. Um, we will have you back on soon. And uh, yeah, that's all I've got. Everyone check out BarcelonaBlogGranites.com for the great work we're doing. Uh, I, I say great work we're doing. That sounds prideful. The site is doing great work. I, Renato and I are no, both a part, part of it. You're part of it. Renato and I are you're both part a part of that site that is doing great work. Uh, and yeah, subscribe to the podcast if you are not. And Renato, we'll talk to you soon, man. Thanks, buddy.